the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Instead of trying to enlist them, Jesus had so antagonized the Jewish leaders they intended to kill him. And only that, but Jesus kept reminding the disciples that his death was inevitable. And furthermore, when the Galilean crowds tried to crown Jesus king and establish an earthly kingdom, Jesus refused to cooperate with them. You know, the disciples were human, just like you and me. And they had their concerns, they had their frustrations as they tried to sort out just exactly what Jesus had in mind. We're going to hear more about that on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse, an outreach from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, as Pastor Layton focuses in on one of those disciples, Judas. More about us is on the web. When I say us, I mean Church of the Highlands in San Bruno at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And now with a closer look at the disciple Judas, here's Pastor Layton. You know, he'd cast his lot with Jesus. He expected Jesus to establish an earthly kingdom, and he anticipated that he, being one of the twelve, would get a very exalted position in that kingdom. But now his dreams had turned to dust. He was an embittered man with an embittered view of things. How we see things is affected by what's inside. And we're only able to see things based on our filters. For instance, if we like a person, that person can do little wrong. But if we dislike a person, we may misinterpret their most fine action. A warped mind brings a warped view of things. And if we find ourselves becoming critical of others, and imputing to them unworthy motives, perhaps we should stop examining them and start examining ourselves. Amen? Now, it would appear that Judas, disillusioned and facing the end of his ambitions, decided to get at least some financial compensation for the three years that he had wasted with Jesus. And John though he didn't see it at that event, but writing in retrospect many years later, makes the Holy Spirit-inspired comment about Judas' true motive. He says, He said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief, and as he had the money box, he used to pilfer what was put into it. Seeing that much money elude his grasp angered Judas. And he lashed out at Mary. And he was evidently very persuasive because the other Gospels tell us that others joined in his protest. Disappointed avarice was probably one of the leading motives for Judas to betray Jesus. And it's particularly clear in the narratives in the other Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, because in both of those cases... 
Judas is described as going away to meet the chief priests and betray Jesus immediately following this event. It gives us the impression that Jesus, having seen the loss of one possible form of personal enrichment, has hastened to create another. Now, some have tried to attribute noble motives to Judas, but the New Testament portrays him as nothing except a greedy thief and a murderous traitor. Judas is the greatest example of missed opportunity in history. I Means think about it. He was invited into the inner circle, the 12. He lived with Jesus and saw Jesus work and minister day in and day out for three years. And yet in the end, he rejected him, betrayed him, was overcome by guilt, though not repentance, committed suicide, and went to his own place, that is hell. Now, the church has always had con men. There was a con man in the 12 disciples. The church has always had con men from the very beginning. They, they, they can look, they're very, very sly. They can look like an insider. They can sound like an insider. When you think about it, Judas was slick. He was sly. All of these years, he was not really of them, but he was so good at looking like them and sounding like them that even at the Last Supper, when Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me, it didn't occur to any of the disciples to say, must be him. He was that slick. Now, if you think about it, Judas is the only one who came not from Galilee, but from Judea. He was the outsider. You would think that the first place they would have looked is, we know each other, we grew up, but who's this guy? But he was so good, they, they didn't see it. Now, over the 50-plus years at Church of the Highlands, we've had a few con men slip into our church leadership. And in some cases, it took many, many years for them to be discovered. When they were discovered, we tried to follow the example of Jesus in how Jesus dealt with Judas. You know, Jesus knew who Judas was, knew what he was going to do, but Jesus didn't expose him. Jesus instead tried to give him many opportunities to repent. And so we try to follow Jesus' examples. But if there's no repentance, then eventually there's going to be a parting of the ways either by us asking them to leave or them going and finding another source of ill-gotten gain. Point being is the church has always had a, an issue with con men. Now, the, J. Vernon McGee said that the real test of a Christian is the way that they handle their finances. And that's also true for churches. The real test of a church or a Christian organization is the way it handles its finances. And that's why for over 50 years here at Church of the Highlands, we have endeavored to be above and beyond reproach in the way that finances are handled from the time 
that it's given to the time that it's dispersed. And, uh, you know, our church has tried to be so um, godly in the way that we manage finances that we, uh, as leaders, don't oftentimes come to the church family and ask for money. We've heard of people who've been in churches where the leadership is asking all the time, we need this project, we need this project, we need this project. This church operates based on how the Holy Spirit prompts the members of this church to give. And if, uh, if there's a shortage, then we, don't, we try not to come to the congregation. We just try to manage with what the Lord has prompted people to give. Uh, the point I'm trying to say is that uh, our church leadership it tries to be very meticulous in the way that we handle accounting. We know that we're accountable to you, and we know that we're accountable to God. Amen? Thank you. Well, Jesus immediately defended Mary and rebuked Judas by commanding him, let her alone so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. Now, that's kind of, it strikes us, it's strange as when we think about it, keep it, she can't keep it. She can't even put it back in the, the, the vial because the vial is broken. What did he mean, keep it until the day of the burial? Well, the various commentators and scholars have mulled on this question And D.A. Carson suggests that um, if we were to supply some missing words, it might might be satisfactory. And what he suggests is this, that Jesus would have said or would have meant, let her alone, she did not sell the perfume as you wish she had, so that she could keep it for the day of my burial. So um, If Judas had really wanted to help the poor, then he would have not lacked opportunity. Because as Jesus reminded him, the poor you will always have with you. And the Lord was not discouraging charity and giving to the needs of the poor. In fact, in Deuteronomy 15.11, God spoke saying, The poor will never cease out of the land. Therefore I command thee, saying, You shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor, in the land. So God wants us to be charitable towards those who are in need. What Jesus was doing here was not diminishing charity at all, but rather challenging the disciples to keep the priorities straight. You see, the poor you're always going to have with you, you're always going to have an opportunity to minister to them, but I'm only going to be with you for a short period of time. And that affects the priorities. He was also explaining that his death was forthcoming. You know, for believers and good people, oftentimes the enemy of the best is good. The enemy of the best is good. People can get so wrapped up in doing good that they miss the opportunity to do the best. And so we need to be thinking about our priorities and thinking about what we're doing and always endeavoring to do what is best. Now, I mentioned at the beginning that Jesus divides. He divides the saved from the unsaved and so forth. Jesus said, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. And so, whether loving him and serving him, like Mary and Martha, or being indifferent and vacillating like the crowd or hating and opposing him like Judas and the chief priests, 
Everybody takes a stand with regards to Jesus. And that stand determines their eternal destiny. And so as we close today, I want to ask you this question, and you don't need to answer aloud. Where do you stand with Jesus? Without a doubt, that is the most important question in this life that you'll have to answer. If you'd like to know more about what it means to be a follower of Christ, if you have questions, please give us a call. Give us the opportunity to help in any way we can. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and our phone number is 650-873-4095. That's 650-873-4095. Now, most of you are probably not bold enough to just make a phone call and ask for more help along those lines, but you're comfortable reading the information that we have on our website at highlands.us. If you click on the About link at the top of our homepage, you'll find information about what it means to be a follower of Christ. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. And come back tomorrow at this same time, if at all possible, as we open the Word of God once again to the book of John and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.